Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording from our 2021 Passover Prep Learning Series. As we do this experiment trying to bring Hama'alot onto Zoom, not on Shabbat, but for Rosh Chodesh. And essentially, what we're going to be doing here, Hama'alot style, is a slow and intentional sing through and daven through of uh, Hallel, which is recited, of course, on Rosh Chodesh and other holidays as well. 
just so we don't have to do um, too many page announcements the entire way through, there are four different Sidurim that you might have in front of you, and I want to tell you where the Hallel is in all of them. If you have the full volume, single volume, Sim Shalom, it's 379. If you have the Slim Shalom for Shabbat and festivals, it's 133. If you have the Slim Shalom for daily davening, it's 50. And if you have the Lev Shalom, 316. So again, 379 for the single volume Sim Shalom, 133 for the Slim Shalom for Shabbat, 50 for the Slim Shalom for weekday, and 316 for uh, Lev Shalom. And what we're going to do here today is what we always try to do in Hamalot, uh, obviously slightly attenuated from the fact that we can't you know, enjoy the circularity of the concentric circles with which the room is usually set up in Hamalot, we can't feel each other's actual presences. We can't hear your harmonies building onto ours. But myself and Rabbi Schatz and Cantor Stone are all in the same audio feed. Mm-hmm. So you can hear our harmonies, hopefully, naturally. And we're going to try to slow things down, draw meaning out of words that many of you know and have said many times in your life, and try to thrust us into the month of Nisan with a sense of uh, wonder and a sense of awakening as to what this liturgy is supposed to be um, producing inside of us. So that's the goal, and we're so uh, glad that you're here with us. And with that, I turn it over to Kander Stone, who's going to say the bracha, because we're offering this up as a liturgical recitation of Hallel, and then to, into our next piece. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kichanu B'mitzvotav V'tzivonu Likro Et Hey, 
We would normally go right into what is many people's favorite song to sing <laughs> on Hallel, because we skip uh, a half paragraph twice on Rosh Chodesh. We go right into Adonai Zicharanu Yivarech, and we will in a second. But I'm going to pause for a second. Every family has their own stuff, their own reasons why they're connected to different pieces of the liturgy of the tradition. And our family, and I've shared this before, for reasons having nothing to do with the meaning uh, of this um, song, this half of a psalm, it was the uh, fifth line of this sung part of Hallel that always awakened our family. We got to, Yosef Adonai Aleichem. And the reason is because my grandfather, my mother's father, Alava Shalom, was named Joseph. His Hebrew name was Yosef. And even though he wasn't much of a davener, and I don't know, I'm not sure he knew what the word meant, he just liked hearing his name in shul. And he liked hearing his name in shul at that note because it's done triumphantly. Yosef Adonai Aleichem. <laughs> so whenever we would daven with him, um, he would raise his like you know right arm or left arm, and we'd all do do it with him. And to this day, when anyone in my family is singing this part of Hallel, we remember him without even thinking about it, and we just Yosef Adonai Aleichem. <laughs> okay, but what does it mean? What is that phrase doing there in this psalm? If we break it down a bit, we see something interesting in that it is not terribly interesting. But even in that not terribly interestingness, we can pull out of, pull out of it something interesting. Adonai zecharanu yivarech. God, who remembered, remembers us, like zichronot in Rosh Hashanah, yivarech. May God bless. So we're invoking God, the one who knows us, who takes, takes it, makes it, pays attention to us. May God bless us. Who? Yivarech et beit Yisrael. God will bless the house of Israel. So a generic category of the Jewish people. 
And then specifically, Yivarech at Beit Aharon, not only all of the Israelites, but the ones who serve Aharon and his sons, the Kohanim. Now we move from kind of a large category to small category to descriptions of different types of people. Yivarech Yirei Adonai, God will bless those who fear God, who have offer God. Haktanim, the small ones, im hagdolim, with the large ones. That's interesting um, asterisk there. Does the katan and the gadol in that sentence refer to children and adults? Does it refer to the level on which someone might have yira for Adonai? May God bless the ones who have yira for God, both the katanim, the ones who do it on a small level, you know, have a little bit of fear of God, and also the ones on the great level. And then, out of nowhere, Yosef Adonai Alechem. May God increase upon you. In English, when we say, may somebody increase, it demands a direct object. May God increase what? It's not, it's not listed here. Yosef in Hebrew can operate as an intransitive verb. May God simply bring more. Bring more what? We don't know. Aleichem upon you, be'al b'neichem, and upon your children. There are interesting commentaries on this, um, on this psalm that get to the question about what exactly is being referred to in both the line about the Ketanim and the Gdolim and what God is increasing. The Malbim, Rabbi Mechiel Leib um, Wisser, who is a uh, 18th century sage in the Ukraine, says what's going on here is in the previous line, since we're asking that God bless those who fear God, both the ones who have small faith and the ones who have great faith, and why should it be that your reward for small faith is as great as the reward for great faith? The psalmist comes in and says, in addition to the regular amount of blessing that God is going to give both the ones with small faith and the ones with great faith, Yosef Adonai Lechem, God is speaking to the latter category, to the ones who are Gdolim. God will also give you extra. Right? I don't want you to think, you people who have a tremendous faith in God, that your blessings from God will be the same as the ones who have less faith? No, because you believe more, you get more. That's the Malbim's read. I'm intrigued by that, but I'm more taken by the read of the Ibn Ezra, an earlier sage in the Middle Ages in Spain, who basically says that the Yosef is a description of the bracha. We started with the uh, line that God will bless. What is the blessing? Ever break down in your mind what the word blessing means? Right? What, what is the blessing that God is going to bless the Jewish people? And what the Ibn Ezra says is that what is going to be the content of the blessing is abundance. More. More as opposed to lack. In yesterday's sermon, Shabbat morning, I spoke about the fact that sometimes too much more can be harmful. And just enough is right. In that category, I believe that I'd rather have enough than more. But what Ibn Ezra here is talking about is that in contrast to chisaron, lack, insufficiency, you'd always rather have extra rather than insufficiency. And insufficient or extra what? Anything. What is the feeling of God's blessing you? The feeling of God's blessing you is that you do not lack. That you have what you need and you are not in a 
state of deprivation. That is the most divine blessing that one can experience. I was talking to a friend for Shabbat, someone who's well-educated, um, has had a, a, a pretty admirable career in politics and politics adjacent, lovely family living in the D.C. area with two children. Her husband also has a fine profession, and they can't get ahead. They cannot get ahead of their bills. They're trying valiantly to give their children a Jewish education. They can't pull up above insufficiency. It's not for lack of effort. It's not for lack of smarts. It has to do with the odd uh, socioeconomic world of the modern American Jew. And they wake up every morning feeling and living in a state of chisaron, of lack. They're not on the street. They're not uh, lacking for food in their bellies. But the profound experience of chisaron to them is very much an absence of blessing. I wish I could snap my fingers and turn their chisaron into plenty like I could for, like I wish I could for anyone. Right? They're not the most needy people on the planet. But that the people who represent to me how hard it is to confront chisaron, lack, a deprivation. So the Ibn Ezra here says, when we sing this song, we are imagining that whatever it is that we're lacking, self-confidence, food on our plate, funds to support our children's education, love from other people, belief in our own abilities, whatever chisaron we might be confronting, we are inviting God to bless us so that we fill up from slight lack to at least sufficiency. And then perhaps one more step, because this is really my entire theology wrapped up into one. If the most divine thing we could imagine is God's blessing, beneficently bringing us up from lack to enough, then the most powerful way we can be in the image of the divine is to bridge that gap for another. And so perhaps when we sing this song and we get to Yosef Adonai Aleichem, not only to think about my grandpa Joe, mm -hmm. think about the steps we can take this very day to notice someone else's chisaron and be the divine blessing that gets them to an experience of enough. Adonai zecharanu Yevarech et peh Yisrael Yevarech et peh Aaron Yevarech yirei Adonai Haketani Shamayim Shamayim Ladonai 
והארץ נתן לי בני אדם, לא המתים, יהללויה, ולא כויור די דומה, ואנחנו נברך יד, מעתה ועד עולם, switch gears for a moment in both form and content I want to invite you to close your eyes wherever you are if you're seated that's preferable but I'll be doing this standing up close your eyes and enter into that realm where you can almost feel your body and your soul greeting each other almost as if for the first time. And feel the warm heaviness of being very intentionally awake, but also searching after and experiencing a profound rest And for the moment, forget where you are in the sense that it doesn't matter what chair or couch you're sitting on in what room, in what home, in what geographic location. And just imagine you are anywhere or everywhere, floating, soaring, both extremely connected to you, but also apart in some way, untethered, traveling through space and time and consciousness as a disembodied spirit. And if you haven't yet, you can bring your attention to your breathing, which you've been doing automatically every moment you've been alive. But occasionally it makes sense to bring some focus to it. To breathe in through your nose as if your nostrils were in your belly so that you're breathing from the lowest place imaginable. drawing the air all the way down there and breathing out of the mouth no need to count your breaths just revel in them luxuriate in them and I want you to allow your mind to to go to a moment recently 
where you did something, whether intentionally, consciously, or unconsciously, and you only realized it afterwards, brought you back to an earlier moment in your life. A moment of a, a sight you saw or an odor you smelled or an activity you did, whether because you tried to or it simply happened, and you were transported back. Perhaps like raising your arm when you say Yosef and you're nine years old again in synagogue sitting next to your grandpa. Don't overthink it, just let your mind take you. And once you're at that moment, just linger there. Resist the urge to think of another example. Just linger in those two moments, in fact. The recent one, and the one that the recent moment evoked. As if there were a direct line through the space-time continuum, connecting those two, your own personal flux capacitor, if you will. And what does it feel like to go back What does it feel like to know that you can go back? The moment, the earlier one, may have been a great moment, or it might have been a painful one. What does it feel like to know that you are sent back, sometimes without even trying? That the portal is open, open for you. like a zip line that you're on without asking, being sent to an earlier moment that is still very much alive within you. A psycho-emotional time travel that is present for every person and as we'll explore in a bit, certainly present with the Jewish people. Ha, ya, 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 ya,
arise. That moment that Rabbi Kligfeld mentioned is Bechol Dor Vador, Chayav Adam Lirot Et Atzmo Ke'ilu Hu In every generation, a person is obligated to see themselves, to feel themselves, as if they too left Egypt. In a moment, because we are in a non-Shabbat, non-Chag place, we're going to ask you to embark on an activity with us where you're going to share whether what you thought about in your meditation or based on the words I'm about to share with you, a moment where your past was brought into your present. In the present moment of our Seder, we evoke the past, we are told to imagine as if we were going through a moment that is in our past to be able to feel it, to be able to be influenced by it in the present. When I was a child, the first time, at least that I can remember, that my father went on a trip, my mom decided that she was going to take an empty bottle of his cologne and give it to us so that if there was a moment where we missed him, We could smell his cologne, and he would be with us in that moment. Though my father came back, obviously, from his trip, and thank goodness I've had many opportunities since then to make memories with him, in that moment, I was able to bring something from the past, a smell, a feeling, the love of my father that was brought about by his scent, into a moment where I was missing him most. So that cologne brought me in a present moment to a past moment that was able to comfort me. So we're going to send you a link right now. You can click on this link that just went into your chat. And if you're watching us on Facebook, you can write this down in a journal or on a pad of paper. And we want you to just write a moment, a story. It could be Jewish or not, that you brought the past into the present so that you could be comforted by it, you could be enhanced in that memory and whatever you are practicing in the present. And just like when we say, behold, door vador, in every moment of our Seder, we're supposed to be bringing in those little pieces of our past so that our Seder in this moment, in this year, is a better, more meaningful Seder. We're going to play a tune for you of Bechol Dor Vador that was actually written by my brother. And as you are listening to that tune, you can put your memories, your thoughts, your stories in this padlet that went into the chat.
We'll take another 10 seconds. Feel free to continue writing on the Padlet. And we're going to continue with the next piece of Hollow with Rabbi Klickfeld. Which is the paragraph that begins Ma'ashiv Ladonai. It's the next thing that would be said on Halal Rosh Chodesh because we skip the intervening half sum. Ma'ashiv Ladonai. Ko tagmolohi alai. Kos Yeshua Hotesa Uveshem Adonai Ekra Nedarai Ladonai Ashalem Neganam Echolamo Yakar Beinei Adonai Ahana Adonai ki ani abdecha Ani abdecha ben amatecha Ani abdecha ben amatecha Pitachta lemoserai lecha Shabbat Shalom. 
פינה. second, we are going to uh, recite the Ana Hashem, the traditional um, back and forth call and response um, towards the end of Hallel part where we have spent the time now um, heaping praise upon God. That's what most of Hallel is, praise and, um, and giving thanks um, and spending that time thanking God. In a moment, we're going to take our first opportunity to ask something of God. And before, after, after we do um, the prayer that, that Rabbi Shas is going to lead us in, um, we're going to ask for you to add your own prayers. We're going to put up a, uh, a link in the chat that's going to have um, what's called a word cloud. Um, and we're going to ask you to add your own prayer. So while we're go- doing this, I'd like you to think about what is it that you would like to ask from God right now for this coming Pesach, the second Pesach in quarantine during COVID. With the traditional prayer asks God to deliver us and to help us be successful. But what do you want to add to that? What are you feeling in your hearts right now that you need from God? We'll put the, we'll put the link up as um, we're asking you to fill it out so you can see the words generate on the screen. Um, but it could be for health. It could be happiness. It could be an end to the p- pandemic. It could be your chance at a, at a vaccine next. Um, whatever it is, what's speaking to you right now? What do you need from God right now? First, we're going to sing the, the bracha, sing the, the prayer, and then we'll put up the, the link. I think the link should be there. Is it not? It is there, but we'll share it. We'll share it with the screen so people can got see it, it get it, populated it. after we do the gotcha. the Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So if we could share the um, the Mentimeter so we can see the word cloud being... Uh, can we share the screen? Rabbi yeah, Schatz? just, just okay. getting there. Okay, great. So please add your, your personal prayers. What are you asking for? What do you need right now? What do you need from God? What are you going to need from God in two weeks as you sit down at the Seder, as we go through Pesach, and we start to emerge uh, into the next... Uh, holiday season. We're having technical difficulties, okay. so we're going to keep singing. Yeah, na 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 na. Yeah, 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 yeah
Before we conclude, is it possible to show the Padlet? Indeed, I was prepared for that question. Great. We want to ask you all to take a moment. Just read through everyone else's stories. See what's resonating for you here. Does someone else behold Dorvador's moment speak to you? Does it make you think about your own present, your own experience? We want to invite you, if, uh, if you're able to, to do this kind of an exercise at your, um, at your Seder this year, it's another tool, another tool for the toolbox to be used at your own Seder. Just take a moment, just read through it, take it in, see what it sparks for you.
We're going to finish Hallel with the last few lines and the bracha, and then we'll do Mourner's Kaddish. <clears throat> but one of the customs that we've come to at the end of Hallel is to sing this to our Temple Betham Havdalah tune, which I know came from somewhere else, but I will always call it the Temple Betham Havdalah tune. It came from Sinai. <laughs> it came from Sinai. <laughs> it's a new Sinai tune. But there's something very powerful about ending this particular time together. But any Hallel, with a moment to recall Havdalah, because you're going from one tone into another. For Havdalah, you're going from the holy back into the mundane week. Here for us, we're going from this wonderful, harmony-filled experience for Hallel back into our regular Sundays. And there's something about today being a year since this lockdown for Temple Betham began about bringing a little bit of that holiness into those moments that now after a year feel mundane and remembering how to bring kadosh, bring separation and sanctity into everything we're able to do, even if, just like Pesach, we might feel like we're doing it exactly the same way again this year. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.